You're listening to the Today's Family Lawyer podcast, the leading source of daily news and insight for family law practitioners in England and Wales. Sign up to our free weekly newsletter at todaysfamilylawyer.co.uk and subscribe to hear all the latest news and views from across the family law sector. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Hello and welcome along to the latest Today's Family Lawyer podcast. I'm joined today by Keely Lengthorn. Keely's a bit of a celebrity, I think it's probably fair to say. Certainly the most famous person we've had on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining. <laughs> You're very kind. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Keely's a partner at Taylor Rose MW. You're really the, the, I was going to say, the founder of Baby Loss Awareness. And we're talking in the midst of, of Baby Loss Awareness Week as well. You've been recognised by your peers in the upcoming Family Law Awards. Uh, so we've got plenty to talk about. Yeah. What I really wanted to kind of touch on initially is um, tell us a little bit about yourself and why really you've launched this baby loss awareness, baby loss campaign and why you feel so passionately about it. Okay, well, firstly, thank you for having me today's family lawyer. Um, so as I've quite openly spoken about publicly in the press is that unfortunately I have been subjected to three um different losses. Um, My first loss was a loss at six and a half weeks at the beginning of 2020. Um, I then suffered an ectopic pregnancy which ruptured and resulted in the removal of one of my fallopian tubes um, at the beginning of 2021. Um, I then undertook IVF this time last year and um, had one successful embryo which turned into a successful pregnancy which um, was my son George. Um, unfortunately, my waters broke unexpectedly at 22 and a half weeks and um, George was born sleeping on the 3rd of March. So after the initial, I suppose, shock and sadness um, of losing George, I have channeled my grief using um, my contacts and my legal platform into starting a national campaign for all firms in the UK to enact a baby loss policy. Um, It became very apparent, David, after I lost George and after lots and lots and lots of people reached out. So we started the Just Giving page for George, um, which I'm pleased to say has reached um, £34,000. Yeah, just amazing for for Simba and for the Sands and for our local hospital to get a cold cot for George, which allowed us just to spend as much quality time with him as possible uh, before we left him. Um, so lots of people reached out to me after that and said, like, how have Taylor Rose treated you um, after your miscarriage? And I went back to them and said, um, absolutely, like, amazing. Things have been amazing. So after my first miscarriage, six and a half weeks, I think I treated it very much as, oh, I'm one in four people. There's just, um, I was only six and a half weeks. Just, just, just get on with it. Um, after my topic, I don't think I ever really digested that either. I went back to work after a week, which was my choice. Um, but after George, obviously it was a lot different. I had given physically given birth to a baby. I had a few more to prepare. And I I had the grief as well as the physical and emotional sort of consequences of, of giving birth to a baby. Um, so 
After my topic, I had paid a lot of attention to what was going on in New Zealand. So the New Zealand president at the end part of last year enforced a law in New Zealand which gives everyone three days paid leave in the event of a miscarriage under 24 weeks. So I drafted a baby loss policy. I presented it to my HR director and said, we must be doing this. Like there's this anomaly in the law. What are we doing? So she enacted it, she, Taylor Rose enacted it, and as of the 1st of, of January, that went live um, of this year. Unfortunately, I was the first employee to use it, but basically that policy gives everyone three days leave in the event of a miscarriage under 24 weeks. So after George's death, I um, obviously used the policy, but it, it was discretionary. So Taylor Rose were brilliant. They gave me seven weeks off. It, I could have had more, but it was my choice then to, to come back and get back in the swing of things and to find my new normal, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, so after George's death, I then said, right, something's got to change. What are we doing? How are we still in 2022? <laughs> And we are making women and men go back to work after physically giving birth to a baby. So there was there was that sort of anomaly, and I, I just couldn't get my head around it. I couldn't, I don't know, I just couldn't fathom what was going on, David. That we're in the times that we're in, and in in normal circumstances, without the use of that policy at Taylor Rose, I would have had to have left George at the mortuary on a Thursday night, and then. I'm back to work. The law says I come back to work on Friday. I think you, you speak so candidly about this as well. I'm welling up here. You've obviously, you're obviously you're obviously dealing with it, but it's it's such an incredible story. We're in the midst of Baby Loss Awareness Week. Tell us about how that's come about. What what have you been doing this week to raise the profile of, of your campaign? So this week's been pretty full on. So on Tuesday, I was fortunate enough um, to appear on GB News um, and, and speak a lot about the campaign and the work that I'm doing, not just on the campaign, but the work I'm doing to try and change the law. So I um, appeared on there and then I've just been recording a series of different podcasts um, and different interviews with journalists this week to try and... My aim, I suppose, is to try and get rid of this stigma attached to baby loss. Like we, we're really good at talking about, we're much better now, I won't say we're really good, maybe, maybe really good to go on. We're very good at talking about mental health now and mental health in the workplace. And I think the pandemic helped us a lot with that. But I still think we're not quite there yet. We're talking about baby loss. Um, I do think maybe that's a training need. Um, and I think with the policy, probably then my next step will probably be about training in businesses um, to train employers in dealing with baby loss. Because one of the things I experience when I come back to work and in my general life is that people don't know what to say to me. So my, my favourite thing to talk about is George. OK, because well, that's that's all I have of him. We didn't have any memories. The only memories I have is, is my pregnancy with him and my birth and, and this very, very short time I had with him. So my favourite thing to speak about is him. So I want I love it when people say his name. I love it when people ask me what he looked like and when I talk about his big feet and um, and, and his blonde hair. And, yeah, and, and, and that's my favourite thing to talk about. And I think this week... It, more than ever, I thought that we've got to got to got to talk. But I think with that, and with even with this podcast, it comes a trigger because not all people are there yet. 
and not all people can speak about this. Like I, like I've said, is that I don't think I digest my previous losses, and I think that's come back to bite me now because after George, I now think if all of them have now come back to bite me. Um, so I think it's important to talk, um, but it's important to remember and say to that person, do you know what? I've got a bottle of wine and, and a, a bag of Rebels in the car and you just say the word and I'll be with you. And if that person says to you, do you know what? I'm not quite ready yet. Then you say, that's fine. But when you are, I will be there and I want to hear about your baby. And um, because they want some valuation that actually that baby took, that baby was born, that baby existed. And how does the campaign sort of go through this week then? You said before we started recording, you mentioned there's a, a climax to the end of the week. Yeah, so um, Baby Loss Awareness Week started on Sunday and then it ends on Saturday night at 7pm with the National Wave of Light. Um, and that's an opportunity. I know Tommy's uh, uh, actually holding, a, and as a Simba, a, a massive national the stand together um, wave of light. So it means that everyone, not just if you've lost a baby, but anyone who just wants to recognise a baby or show their support for someone who's lost a baby can light a candle at 7pm on Saturday night um, in memory of that baby or of them parents to say, look, we're here and we stand beside you and we recognise that your baby existed. So that will be at seven o'clock on Saturday night um, when everyone will come together and light their candle in memory of, of those babies that have gone too soon. Incredible. You've alluded to the fact you've been on national news, you've been on a number of podcasts, I think you've had some interviews prior to recording this one. How is the overall campaign going? Do you sort of feel as though you're getting some traction with the message that you have? Yeah, I think I think we're getting there. So after I started the campaign in terms of the baby loss policy, um, I was fortunate enough to meet Angela Crawley MP in Parliament, um, and she has issued the ten-minute bill for the miscarriage leave act. So we we met, and she she was fantastic with me. Over and said, "What do you want me to say to Parliament at the first reading?" So I told her. She mentioned George in the first reading. It was very, very. I know you said about being emotional. The first reading was really emotional. Um, she got really upset in Parliament, um, but it was a success. The second reading was supposed to be on the 16th of September, um, but it got pushed back because of the Queen's um, death. So that's now being heard on the 2nd of December. So that's that's at the end of. Um, a family law awards week so it's either going to be a really good week or a really bad week that way um so we're hoping it's going to be a success at the second meeting but even if it's not a success we've still got to get it right up to the house of lords so that's why i'm saying to businesses in the meantime all businesses in the uk should be enacting this policy because until this law comes into place we've got no statutory protection for any losses under 24 weeks so the traction of it's been brilliant. I've had lots of roundtables at, at Parliament. Um, we've sent a letter to the new PM. We've sent a letter to the new um, Minister for Business. My local MP has been really good. He's come on board. So we've got cross-party support um, in terms of MPs. I think there's about 50 now that are supporting the bill. Um, so that's amazing. Um, so we're just there was another SMP MP yesterday who showed his support. So it's just about people coming forward and saying, yeah, we'll support that. Because if we can get enough support behind it, it might even be that we can amend current legislation to include losses under 24 weeks. 
And I know people are sick to death of hearing me say it, but it's only three days that we're asking for. And I know so many people have said to me, David, three, three days isn't enough and it will never be enough. Like if I think about the, the process of organising George's funeral, um, the paperwork that comes with a deceased baby, I can't even tell you, is, is off the scale. Um, handing them over to the mortuary, like, handing them over to the undertakers, everything, okay? So three days is never gonna be enough, but it's a starting point. Um, and we we need to try and push this through because we can't have parents giving birth to babies and then having to go back to work the next day. Um, we're trying to produce the children of the future, aren't we? The leaders of the future. Um, but we need a bit of help to do that. Um, so hopefully, so hopefully Miss Trust is listening and she can, um, <laughs> she will back this. Um, back the campaign, yeah, and we can get this bill through. I love to think that Liz Trust has got the Today's Family Lawyer podcast on her absolutely. Subscri subscription. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I, I hope she has. You've talked about this being three days. You've talked about the policy. Uh, I guess the question from a, a legal standpoint is we've got some statute there we've got bereavement leave for example why is this different how is it different why is it important to differentiate I, I don't actually think we need to differentiate really I think we should all be entitled to this I think it, it should all come under one heading I don't know why we are differentiating because I've actually made some inquiries about when you actually have to physically give birth to a child. And I think it's like 13 to 16 weeks by that juncture, you actually have to physically give birth. So I think the, the, the time limit in terms of sort of the word miscarriage, because George was still classed as a miscarriage. And I think in my eyes, he wasn't a miscarriage. I had a baby. Um, the first time when I miscarried at six and a half weeks, that was a miscarriage. George, to me, wasn't a miscarriage, but in the eyes of the law, he's classed as a miscarriage. So I think I don't think it is. I think there's a lot of changes that need to take place. I think that the time limit for, for miscarriages needs to change. I think this whole leave thing needs to change so that bereavement leave is just under one heading, no matter if you miscarry at 36 weeks or if you miscarry at 22 and a half weeks, like I did. But I just feel for all these women that are giving birth to children and and the others that are miscarrying at home and are going through all these mixed emotions physically mentally emotionally um and then are having to worry about work on top of all of that um so yeah i don't think there should be a difference the same as i think the work that's being done in terms of birth certificates is another prime example. There's just this cutoff at 24 weeks all the time. So I couldn't have a birth or a death certificate for George because I was 10 days away from the legal limit. So Simba kindly provided me with a, a memorial certificate for him. So I've got some proof of him existing. But again, there's a lot going through parliament in terms of that. So, so shortly in, in the coming months, everyone will be entitled to a birth certificate for their baby, no matter at what gestation you lose, you lose them. So that, that there is already change in the pipeline, but we need to go further. There needs to be more. I get the sense that this growing support for what you're doing, as you say, whether it's trying to change the law, trying to change statute or whether 
actually people are adopting this voluntarily and today's media is very happy to say that we've been a supporter of the campaign since we were first made aware of it we've adopted the baby loss policy in our own terms and conditions our own our own staff handbook you have that's um, amazing it's amazing thank you thank you and which you've provided uh, so you've got a template so how can people get involved and, and support and implement this in in their own business but well, i'm calling on we all know that the laws take a long time to go through so even if this passes the second reading it's going to take months if not years to become law okay so i'm calling on all businesses in the uk to enact this policy Taylor Rose have given me permission to disclose our policy so anyone else we're currently working on it again at the moment but anyone can have a copy of the draft policy and I am urging people to be brave okay so go to your employer and say here's a baby loss policy we haven't got this can we have it okay what's the worst that they can say no go away Okay, so be brave, present the baby loss policy to your employer, to your HR manager. It's one email, isn't it? Or it's one call. Give them a call and say, what are we doing? Say, look, it become apparent during baby loss week that we haven't got any baby loss policy within the business. Can we enact it? Um, here's an idea. Okay, so I'm urging people to do that. I'm also urging people to write to their local MPs. Now, I've drafted a letter you can just send on one email. I've even included the link to find your local MP. So you just click on the link and it will come up with who you're putting your postcode, put in your postcode, and then you can send the letter. Okay, the more backing we have for the 2nd of December from cross-party divisions of the parliament, the more chance we've got of this second meeting being a success. Um, so write to your MP, um, put as much on social media as you can. So tell tell us that you're enacting the policy and that you're supporting the campaign. Tell us that you've written to your MP and let me know what they're saying. Um, and then we can share that. I can share that with Angela Crawley's team. Um, and it might just make a difference. What's the process from here? There's a second reading on the 2nd of December. It has to go to laws you say what then has to kind of happen what's the the process that you kind of see happening over the next 12 months so David, you're testing my politics now aren't you uh, <laughs> <laughs> well what are you what are you hoping sort of for over the next 12 to 18 months then so i'm hoping if we get past the second i'm hoping the second reading is going to be a success i think in my hearts of hearts i am hoping that liz trust and the business minister will say we're going to take it on board. We don't need the second reading. Um, we're going to amend current legislation to include this in the three days. In my hearts of hearts, that's what I'm hoping. And that would be easier. It's a lot easier to amend current legislation than it is to introduce new legislation. Um, if we don't get there and we get to the second reading, I'm, of course, hoping, desperately hoping it's going to be a success. Um, it will then go to committee stage and then up to the House of Lords to become law. So fingers crossed. <laughs> I was just about to say from us, it's obviously it's all the very best of, of luck with it. Today's Family Law is going to continue to promote it. We, we obviously want to continue to be part of the story. So uh, please Thank do keep us sort of posted on progress. Absolutely. Um, and if anyone wants a copy of the policy, wants a copy of the MP setup, then please do reach out to me on LinkedIn um, and I'd be happy to send that over. That's amazing. Thank you. On one level, it's been quite an emotional conversation this is a really difficult subject and, and that's exactly what you're campaigning about isn't it that we need to be able to talk about this perhaps in the same way that the menopause for example is starting yeah. to you know be a real topic of conversation and people are starting to invest time in understanding it yeah
this has been from our point of view really great to have you on the podcast as i say a celebrity thank you very much indeed thank you for having me (laughs) (laughs) the today's family lawyer podcast is available on your preferred podcast provider it's also available on todaysfamilylawyer.co.uk thank you to keely thank you for listening and we'll see you again soon you're listening to the today's family lawyer podcast the leading source of daily news and insight for family law practitioners in England and Wales. Sign up to our free weekly newsletter at todaysfamilylawyer.co.uk and subscribe to hear all the latest news and views from across the family law sector. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter.